Greetings, welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando. I'm an alcoholic and in recovery. 24-hour little book reading for today, October 31st. AA thought for the day. I have more peace and contentment. Life has fallen into place. The pieces of the jigsaw puzzle have found their correct position. Life is whole, all of one piece. I am not cast either and yawn on every wind of circumstances or fancy. I am no longer a dry leaf cast up and away by the breeze. I have found my place of rest, my place where I belong. I am content. I do not vainly wish for things I cannot have. I have the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. Courage to change the things I can and wisdom to know the difference. Have I found contentment in AA? Meditation for today. In all of us, there is an instant inner consciousness with that tells of God. An inner voice that speaks to our heart. It is a voice that speaks to us intimately, personally, in a time of quiet meditation. It is like a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We can reach out into the darkness and figuratively touch the hand of God. As the big book puts it, deep down in every man and woman and child is the fundamental idea of God. We can find that great reality deep down within us. And when we find it, it changes our whole attitude towards life. Prayer for the day. I pray that I may follow the leading of the inner voice. I pray that I may not turn a deaf ear to the urging of my consciousness. And that, my folks, is where Alcoholic Anonymous has helped me, Fernando Alcoholic, to be restored and be satisfied that I have satisfied the requirements of a Heavenly Father that I knew was beckoning me to uh, get closer to Him. And He loved me just the way I am. Thief, ugliness, robbery, drinker. He established me to make me satisfied today with my life. I am passing it on, folks. That's all I'm doing here is passing out what I found works in my life. The water is fine. Come on in. Jump in. Get excited about it. Okay, reading today, Daily Reflection, Alcoholic Anonymous. Let's go ahead and open up with a serenity prayer, please. Uh, let me, let me, should lower that okay avoiding controversies daily reflections all history affords the spectacle of striving nations and groups finally torn asunder because they were designed for or tempted into controversy huh think about that others fell apart because of sheer self-righteousness while trying to enforce upon the rest of mankind some millennium of their own specification. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 176. 
As an AA member and sponsor, I know I can cause real damage if I yield to temptation and give opinions and advice on another's medical, marital, or religious problems. I am not a doctor, counselor, or lawyer. I cannot tell anyone how he or she should live. However, I can share how I came through a similar situation without drinking and how AA steps and traditions helped me dealing with my life. I'm Fernando Alcoholic, and I am guilty as charged. I'm always telling people to thank God for their problems, so I'm into religious uh, advice. I am always telling people to to take medical precautions, that all 20% of the uh, medical staff out there are competent. Uh, well, let's just take you. How competent were you at your trade? Where were you? Were you the 20% or were you the 80% that haphazardly did uh, their, their work? Okay? So, to me, you need a lot of prayer to get medical advice. You need a lot of prayer to get meritable counseling. I think we get penalized when we don't go to, to our higher power and ask who's the, the doctor that, that has my best interests. You know, that's a prayer. You know, it says that we will have success if we ask. And that's the way it's been. That's been my opinion. It's my experience that if I take my car without prayer, they're going to give it back to me the same way, and I'll have to fix the problem anyway. I have to go in there and break the tools out because of my laziness. You know, some of us have been chosen to uh, learn hard knocks the way that everywhere we go, we go to the doctor, he wants to stick a tube up your ass and, and charge you all kinds of money for blood tests and everything, and they're all out of control. They're all addicts. And started to say, I need to go find a prudent, competent, uh, well-dedicated staff that don't have any of that nonsense. That go for the... Okay? Everything is nonsense without prayer. Medical advice is nonsense without prayer. Meritable advice is nonsense without prayer. And religious advice... Is really nonsense without proper prayer and seeking and finding out for yourself. That's my experience, and uh, it worked for me. So, wow. I'm just telling you, all cylinders are running in eight, are firing. The rhythm of the fuel and the combination of fuel in there is good. All is well. Okay, let's go ahead and pray out with the Lord's Prayer, please. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil, from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Keep coming back, family. It's working.
Greetings, family. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando, your host. Suddenly, by God's grace, I'm here fully clothed in my right mind. I am a good standing member of Alcoholic Anonymous. I haven't had a drink of alcohol since 1994, August. In my second rodeo, that means uh, I came in in 1982 to Alcoholic Anonymous. Sent in by the courts, society, by the mercy and the kindness of the municipal courts of the United States of America here in California. You know, I hear of people conducting themselves the way I did and the way I drank and the way I violated the, the laws in the, of the land of dr- drinking and driving. Oh, it's a lot of fun until you uh, hurt somebody or hurt yourself. You can drive 80, 100 times between DUIs, between catastrophes. If you really think about it, uh, maybe it's the grace of God. You're pushing the envelope. You see how much you can get away from. Running away. I was running away from my responsibilities. I was running away from learning how to be a man. I was learning, running away from uh, life itself. So the best thing that happened to me was come to Alcoholic Anonymous by an attorney uh, that was very intelligent. I was 16 years old when I left home. I... I didn't go home. I didn't leave to go to college. I left bloody after a vicious fight with my brother. I was starting the 11th grade. So I determined to uh, go on my own. I had no choice. I had to leave the home. My brother was older. stronger and um, I left anyway I don't want to get into my story right now the idea is is that um, we violate laws but do we do we get away from it I came to the conclusion that we get 10 times penalty, 10 times. You violate laws of stealing, you get 10 times the penalty. Sometimes the penalty is so severe that it snubs our lives out or we, we do it ourselves, you know. You know how it says that we, we steal from our own selves, we take from our own selves. For instance, uh, I tried to uh, mess with the uh, unemployment system in California. And when I really needed them, I I really needed their money, their help. 
They were, they, they penalized me for 10 weeks. The district attorney for not paying child support. The IRS for not paying taxes. Everything came down on me. Then I realized that I didn't have even pay attention to go into a rehab or anything. But anyway, I learned the, the mercies of God with a prayer. God helped me. God got me out of it. After losing, I don't know, 30 pounds, I was skin and bones. Anyway, moving right ahead, let's pick this thing up. Let's go ahead and open it with a prayer. I just want to say uh, thank God for a merciful society that wants us to uh, earn a living, have a good living, pay our taxes, be respectful, and help. Society needs us to help. The, to citizenship and, and following the laws honors God. It really, you know, we see God in everything. When I see the loving kindness in the justice system to send me to the AA, to the 12-step fellowship, when I see the loving kindness in the AA fellowship, this is life. This is a safe haven. That was my first intuition. This is a safe haven. It's raining acid out there. It's raining acid. It's raining guns and arrows and death out there. This is a safe place. Alcoholic Anonymous saves lives. Oh yeah, there are other programs out there. But we honor God individually and stay stay focused on God individually, prospering individually, effectively seeing God work so quickly in a man's or woman's life it just boggles the imagination that's the power restorative power that's in honesty and a group of people that are honest and say uncle I'm done with running my own life let me turn it over to my sufficient proven tried and true higher power our our God, our individual gods, they tell us incredible things. Boggles the imagination. My God says all things are possible with him. He goes, so I tried it. Have you ever tried that? All things are possible. I tried it. Years ago, I didn't have any uh, resources, no employment. But God was keeping my bills paid. My back was hurt. I was getting older. Injuries from driving truck. And Anyway, uh, I asked God if it's okay if I go to Hawaii. And so I went to the 99 cent store and I bought some. They, they, all of a sudden, they had a big gondola. A big container full of rubber shoes that 
there was something wrong with them, but you couldn't tell. 99 cents a pair. I bought two pair, me for the missus and I. And my, all the hairs on my arm went up when I bought those shoes. But you know, I was acting in faith. If you want to change anything, go to believe that you you run it through your higher power and just say, hey, Lord, Jesus, that's my higher power, says, is it okay if I go to Haiti and go look around, for instance, or Tokyo, or Amsterdam? Well, he'll say, well, why don't you go ahead and uh, buy something towards you're going to use at that point of reference, study the place, study the thing, see what the what the whole picture entails. You know, I didn't really do that but when I asked for Hawaii. I think I bought a, a tanning lotion. So now I'm, I'm kind of expert in it. We just got back, I think it's a six or seven time. And this time I was at 99 cents or so earlier this year. So I bought some uh, $1.49 tanning lotion and I put it on top of the refrigerator brought it home said this is going to be our the next thing you know we go to Costco's and we see Hawaiian Kona coffee huh 16 bucks almost 17 dollars I said well let's go ahead and buy it and uh, I wasn't too happy with my uh, expensive purchase but we kept drinking it and kept trying to figure out how to make it taste good because I like Pete's coffee. And um, lo and behold, they brought the price down to $9.95, half, almost half. So we went in and got a discount on it. Now, but the story is that that connection to those two items, we just got back from seven days of Hawaii and we must have spent it oh, roughly about $85 a day for seven days. One time we went for 21 days and spent it about $100 a day. And our time, we had to put time in there, our 24 hours a day. <laughs> anyway, God bless you. This is, I guess this is a testimony that, uh, that the power of good, the power of a father... And the message of AA is tranquility, supplies, possibility, restoration in jobs, healing, the way God, the nature, the way God set nature up with man. All things are possible. Peace, love, and encouragement. We need those words. You know, drinking dissipates. Drinking dissolves. Drinking takes away all control. Yeah, it takes away little negatives, uh, irritations, and so forth. It gives you 
You know, it gives us that sense of success, drugs and alcohol, the sense, the sense of victory, the sense of achievement, without doing the work, without saving the money. It gives us that sense. So, you know, if, if anything, train your kids to save money for a car, for a thing, and to be, to work for something. Put some goals up there. And, and that is the greatest feeling when you work for something. And that's why normal people can have a toast and they'll celebrate five, 15 minutes, not five, 15 years of celebrating. <laughs> and they move on to the next thing because the, the joy in life is in the work. The joy of life is in the journey. The, the joy of life, the 95% working towards it, 5% celebrating and then going after your next task, your next possibility. I guess I'm talking to myself. I need, I just got back. I certainly working on a lot of projects, possibilities. All right, now I'd like to, to uh, say a prayer for you. For us, okay, a prayer of prosperity, a prayer that brings in results. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you brought us here together for your honor and for your glory, just as the Father says in your prayer. You're in heaven and you see us, Lord. And Lord, we just ask you, Lord, to guide us, instruct us. You are our bountiful Father, you are our merciful guide. You guide us. Your kindness overwhelms us, Lord. We see kindness everywhere we go. We see mercifulness. You fill our tank with joy and laughter, Lord. We ask you, if we don't have it, fill our tank with joy and laughter today that we may have a payload. Success in you, Father. Success in this team. Together, we can achieve more as a team in prayer together. I pray for you. I pray that, that you will be filled with joy and laughter today. I pray that the substitute of the real wine from heaven make a difference in your lives today. Heal, restore, make brand new. Be renewed. That the Father may give us our daily bread. We ask for our daily bread. We ask you for our daily strengths, our daily task, our daily duty. We ask, we ask for strength to accomplish things. And, Lord, and we ask for the, for the will of the Father, the plans of the Father. What are they? The, the plans of the Father will be whispered to you in the, in the entrance of a door, around the corner, in and out of a room. You will hear the Father's word and he will talk to you and he will tell you. He'll give you a message of what you're supposed to be doing. So we're asking, Lord, give us a two-sentence message. Make it easy, make it plain. 
guide us, show us how to walk, <clears throat> restore us, strengthen us. Thank you for giving us all these supplies, Lord. Supplying, supply us to do your work and that we may get our rewards out of the work. That we enjoy doing the work you give us and we enjoy the rewards as a father gives a child. Thank you for carrying us, holding us, fixing us, molding us. We let ourselves go, Lord, that we may be the gold. We thank you for all our problems. We thank you for all our difficulties. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, yes. We, we praise our God for our difficulties. We have a mighty God that's able to inciliate them, to arrest them. We thank you, God, for our bad habits. We thank you for our good habits. We thank you that we can pray and open up. That's a good habit. Multiply it. Bless it, Lord. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for carrying us in your arms and making a difference in our lives. We ask in your name, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us as we have forgiven those. And we write a letter to forgive those to you, a covenant. And we pray for those people's names in that letter for months on end till we get it out of our hearts, till we get that root of ugliness, of despair. We forgive the offenses. Say, I forgive you. We forgive the offenders. We say, I love you and I forgive you and I bless you. In the name of my God, I give you blessings. That's the right thing to do. I didn't respond properly. I didn't see a sick person full of hurts. So, I'm sorry that you're hurt, enemy. I'm sorry that you don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> see, that was a not a good statement. I just bless you. May you go on your way. I forgive you. I love you. I release the offense. I let it go. May God establish you in every which way and make you to prosper. Physically, mentally, financially, we bless our enemies. We let them go. Then we ask the Father, seal them, Father, and carry them in your arms and fix them in your way. Let us go on to newer adventures and deliver us from temptation. Keep us from the evil one, Lord. Deliver us from making the same mistakes again, Lord. Give us the wisdom and the heart and understanding, Lord God, not to go there, not to go into dangerous places around dangerous persons and people and characters, Lord. Give us the strength and the wisdom, Lord. Deliver us from temptation and keep us, seal us from the evil one, Lord. We ask in your name and we give you all the glory and the honor, Father, in Jesus. In the mighty name, in your name we pray. I want to say in the mighty name of my own personal God, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who is a warrior and loves a good fight. That's my God. He is the head bull. Thank you, one. Thank you, loved ones. God bless you. Take care.
Greetings, everyone. <clears throat> My name is Fernando. I am a grateful member of Alnon. I'm reading to you an excerpt today from Alnon Faces Occultism. I thought it was a pretty interesting story. Now, this book was published, this story was published way back maybe in the 90s. Let me take a look. 1984. 1984, this book was published. I found it in my library. I don't remember where it came from. If I picked it up in a a thrift store or something, or someone gave it to me. I think the central office, our dedicated central office that dedicated their lives to it, a lady named Tina here in Southern California in the San Gabriel Valley, does an excellent job is skillful for the job, has the love and the enthusiasm to give advice and and to know where what the procedures are and not get emotionally involved in craziness. The central office receives all the good and all the bad that goes around. Oh. Anyway, it's uh it's Elanon and AA are our teams. They're not in jeopardy with each other. They are in harmony. Here we go. Elanon, a worldwide friendship. The, the article. The human needs and spiritual ideas of Elanon known no known national boundaries. The human needs and spiritual ideas of Elanon know no national boundaries. Elanon is a worldwide friendship, writes a member after visiting groups in many other countries. For wherever alcoholic drinking has brought confusion and despair, Elanon can offer comfort, hope, and understanding. Groups are flourishing on the North American continent, both in the United States and Canada, and in Central and South America. Elanon is well represented in the English-speaking countries of Europe, South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand. Nor have language differences deterred the establishment of groups throughout Europe, India, and Japan. Members in other countries have received permission to translate the Elanon literature into 17 of their own languages for distribution to others who need help. From 1951, when Elanon began, until 1961, when the Elanon World Service Conference was initiated, the link between the growing groups of Elanon, the link between the growing number of Elanon groups was maintained by a number of dedicated volunteers and a few paid workers in the New York clearinghouse. In 1954, several members of this clearinghouse committee were the incorporators of a non-profit membership corporation, which was named Elnam Family Group Headquarters. Because of its nature, the headquarters became known as the Worldwide, as the World Service Office, WSO, World Service Office. A board of directors, with the help of the advisory board, settled matters of policy. Communications of mail with the WSO was effective in the early days of the Al-Nam Fellowship. 
As Elnon grew, it was decided that the voice of the membership should be heard by a more direct means. Looking to the future, it was feared that the WSO could become remote from the groups it served and risk losing touch with the concerns of Al-Anon as a whole. Al-Anon followed the path of AA. By 1961, Al-Anon agreed that the group's concise of the fellowship as a whole could best be heard through a conference of delegates from all sections of the United States and Canada. The conference was to meet yearly with the Board of Trustees and the World Service Office administrative staff. The first conference was initiated in 1961 on a trial basis. By 1963, the linkage between the groups and the World Service Office proved to be so effective that its members voted unanimously to make the arrangement permanent. A conference charter was adopted in 1967. It is traditional, not a legal framework within which the conference functions. In the meantime, the name Board of Directors was changed to Board of Trustees, and the conference supplanted the original advisory board. An executive committee was established to aid in the conduct of administrative affairs. Since the days of this pioneering work to meet the needs of the Elanon Fellowship as a whole, Elanon groups in other countries have established their own conferences. Members in these countries now elect delegates to a general service meeting designed to seek the best way to carry the Elanon message of recovery to familiars, to families and friends of alcoholics amid cultural and language differences. Also, representatives from these General Service Conference have been invited to attend World Service Conference with voice, but without a vote. All who love the Al-Anon program <clears throat> welcome the shaping <clears throat> of Al-Anon's concepts of service to meet the needs of the fellowship as it continues to grow throughout the world. I'm Fernando. I am a grateful member, like I said. This is an interesting um, if you have access to Spanish literature, <clears throat> I certainly like to put some Spanish Elanon literature on my podcast. It saves lives. All that we do here in Elanon and every dollar, every coin that goes into the basket is to save a life, to help to stretch out our arm and pull somebody out of the um, ocean. They're drowning. Just like somebody did that to us. They pulled us out. They got us cleaned up. They gave us a cup of coffee, put a blanket over us. We were shivering and cold. And they gave us words. They fed us words. Easy does it. First things first. By the grace of God, there go I, only by the grace of God, there go I down the stream with the ocean pulling it. Live and let live. Amen. Thank you so much for listening in. Give them heaven. Greetings, welcome to Elnon, October 31st. Happy Halloween, if there is such a thing.
Hell not is not an organization. It has no managers or bosses. It is a fellowship of equals held together in close union by something called obedience to the unenforceable. This means that every group conduct Elanon's work according to the spiritual principle stated in the traditions which they accept and follow of their own free will, without being directed or compelled by anyone. But someone may say the fourth tradition says each group should be autonomous. Doesn't that mean we can run our meetings any way we want to use any kind of literature and generally run things to suit ourselves? The answer is that the autonomy granted by the fourth tradition is limited to what is good for the fellowship as a whole. If a group departs from the ideas and procedures that make for the greatest good for the greatest number of Al-Anon members, it takes on its shoulders the responsibility for damaging the fellowship to which all of us look for help. When a group faces questions or problems, the answer will be found in our 12th tradition. That is why it is important for all of us to know them. The health and unity of all Elanon depends on the cooperation of our groups. Each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting another group or Elanon or AA as a whole for tradition. And that, my friends, we, I'm Fernando. We just had, a, I invited an individual from AA to come and take a look at us. And uh, sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I, uh, I asked them, I said, for the format, because we were using the, these three meditation books in our meeting. And my suggestion, should we just use one, the latest one, Hope for Today, instead of trying to cover all three of them? It gets a little confusing. So we... We said that we will all read all three of them and someone pick one to read, to write on. And I think that's still too combobulating. We'll just stick with hope for today. And then uh, write on that one for 20 minutes. Make it simple. The other thing is uh, I can have the other two books in the middle of the pile. And people can, if they have time, they can read the rest of the story. Ah, the rest of the story. Anyway, uh, this group, uh, this gentleman that I brought sent me an email and started changing, um, you know, making himself the treasure with his first meeting was kind of funny. And then uh, putting me as a GR, we didn't even have a GR, and putting one of the gals that's going through a divorce as the uh, optimal one, as the, uh, the leader to run the, the, the race and um, and I had to quickly f- throw water on that you know and I said you're going to have to come for months before you can even think of uh, I was trying to get the person involved and it just you can't throw mud up against the wall anyway our next reading for today well I learned one day at a time October 31st Elanon is not an organization and has no managers or bosses. It is a fellowship of equals held together in close union by something called obedience to the unforceable. I already read that. Sorry, I already read that. Okay, let's go to Courage for today. Courage to change. It's over the 31st. So many of the choices I've made in my life have been reactions to fear. Something in my world changes. A loved one seeks sobriety. A friend is displeased with something. I said, I'm giving it. 
a new task at work. Excuse me. The grocery stores runs out of chickens and inside it, I panic. I'm attacked by the thoughts of disaster. I imagine failure, torment, agony, and then I act. I do something rash or fruitless in order to put a bandage on the situation because the one thing I, um, I most fear is being afraid. Fear can become a power greater than myself. I may not be able to fix it or make it go away, but today with a higher power who is greater than my fears, I don't have to let them run my life or make my choices for me. I can grab hold of my higher power's hand, face my fears, and move through them. Today's reminder. Illinois is a program in which we find spiritual solutions to the things we are powerless to change. Today, instead of seeking relief from fear by trying to do battle with it, I will turn to my higher power. Let the birds of worry and care fly above your head. This is you cannot change, but that they build nests in your hair. This you can prevent. I'm Fernando. I am an grateful Al-Anon member and my point to this is uh, you know from my viewpoint my life was I guess what you could say as a kid growing up was shattered through extreme um, chaos in the home <clears throat> even I have problems saying it huh? <laughs> now we got two two, two solutions I have a root of uh, catastrophe attitude, and I don't do anything about it. I go around in life uh, blaming others and so forth, or being in the program and barely hanging on, or I can read. Read keeps me, gives me comfort. Read gives something for my mind to think about what it wants to spin out of hand. Think about it. Reading allows me to fall in love with, with myself and the literature. And because I get a reprieve, a daily vacation when I read, I get out of myself. You know, lately I've been wanting to, to read for recreation if I can organize myself. Because I keep putting tasks on top, on top of tasks. Um, trying to accomplish so much of reading books on this podcast. I should come up with my own material, and I'll probably come out with 10 minutes uh, instead of trying to pour in other people's materials. But it's good. Um, it saves lives. That's why we're uh, doing it. And we ask you to go out and uh, participate and help. And buy your own books, the books we're reading from. It's always an advertisement. The other thing that we have is reading... Uh, we believe faith stands on reading or love. Love of reading, you have good, I have good faith. I don't, I don't jump off the handle with chaos anymore because my stomach is full, right? So if I'm in the habit of, of jumping off the handle and situations come, it's because I don't go in depth. I expect others to be uh, healing me but I'm not going in depth which is uh, reading in depth and find different solutions listen to different authors so a lot of a lot of us don't like to read 
Oh, I read enough in college. I read. You didn't read that much in college. You didn't do the muchest thing. You barely got your paper in, if you did. Be real. You got to make a choice to read. Minimum an hour a day. Study and study good. Not with the TV and stuff playing. You just go outside and ground yourself. And let's read, folks. So we can have that, that wisdom that only comes from a higher power. He's inside the words. Okay, uh, enough of that. Thank you. We'll move to the next one. Hope for today. I grew up in a family where scorn, criticism, and teasing were everyday modes of communication. To cope, I developed the ability to hide my pain and confusion behind sarcasm and ridicule. There you go. I hadn't read this before. Making myself feel bigger and better by making fun of others never filled the emptiness I felt inside. Never filled. Until I could trust myself and others enough to ask for help, I was stuck in a spiritual hole with no hope of getting out. I eventually grew tired of my sarcastic behavior and I worked with my sponsor to explore the pain, there you go, behind my harsh words and attitudes. With the support of God and my friends in Elon, I am now working the steps on this particular problem. I have accepted that I am powerless over changing my behavior alone. I now believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to more to a more loving way of communicating if I am willing to learn. Finally, I have reached a point where I am ready to have this defect removed from me. With humility and self-forgiveness, I ask my higher power to do so. Sometimes I still find myself picking at the faults of others. Old habits are harder to break. Now, however, with the help of the program, I can see more clearly when I am falling back into this spiritual destructive pattern. I know I am not perfect and I still have miles to travel down the path my my higher power has carved out for me. Elon gives me awareness and trust that I can break these old patterns one day at a time. Thought for the day. Just for today, I will release any need to judge or criticize others and begin to see them in the same way I might want them to see me. I cannot hurt others without hurting myself one day at a time in Illinois. Oh, let me back up a little. I was thinking about a phone call for them that I received from a, a family. I sold their house, or oh, I sold them a house in the, when I was in real estate. And the kids were small, and I would bring them chocolates and bubble gum from Amway. I was an Amway distributor and bring them. This young boy grew up, we went to his wedding. And I uh, got married, got a job in uh, Hightower Finance in Las Vegas. And I've been talking to him on the phone. I'm going to go down there and talk and counsel with him, really. We've gone through the wars, the whole thing. And he certainly needs Elanon. You know, I can hear in his voice. But it, the executive, high executive uh, talk is all there. But... Uh, so I'm thinking about how am I going to reach him. If we're supposed to go out to dinner, I'm thinking, should I take him to an Al-Anon meeting? You know, probably not. Talk to him. I have enough Al-Anon and 12-step program in me to respond properly and to see if I can get him to start going to Al-Anon. His wife left him. They have one kid. 
and I'm and she was a tough as a nail so I figured I can tell well pray for him Raymond ha okay here we go sometimes sometimes I still find myself picking at the faults of others I'm reading back again all habits are hard to break how now however with the help of the program I can see more clearly when I am falling back into this spiritual destructive pattern. I know I am not perfect and I still have miles to travel down the path my higher power has carved out for me. Elanon gives me awareness and trust that I can break these old patterns one day at a time. Okay, for me, I thank God, like I told you before, I, I put a rubber band in my wrist and uh, I had some really cool custom uh, rubber bands that say God is good. And if I fail to do what I committed to do to, is to thank God on Thursday for my problems, then I'll snap myself. So I'm going in deep subconsciously to 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 build another habit on top of a, a destructive habit. So it will overlap it one day. You know, instead of taking time to do it, just take care of it in 30 days. You know, if I keep falling off the handle and being angry with with uh, traffic, let's say. And I said, oh, I forgot to thank you before I I, uh, I thank you, my higher power, that the traffic is, is bugging me and I'll snap myself. Every time I forget to snap to 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 thank my higher power for a problem, I'll snap my my wrist. And then it comes to the point where I'm going to complain and my little voice in the head tells me, ah, you're going to snap your finger, you're going to snap your wrist because you committed to it. And then I say, huh, I won't do it. I'll just thank God for the traffic just the way it is. I'm going to praise my higher power for the traffic. And you know what? There's always something behind this little problem. A bigger problem that needs to be addressed and it seems like my higher power is trying to get my attention to start thanking him for the next bigger wave that is more important than just a little bit of tardiness which I'm not late anyway I came with early it's just a habit and it's not the idea that I'm late I love you thank you for listening to me Thank you for uh, listening to these podcasts. Oops. Let's go ahead and finish with the uh, seven-step prayer. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me. Good and bad, I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Welcome to today's reading. We're reading a story out of More Real Stories for the Soul by Robert J. Morgan. I picked a couple of small short stories in random. We got a little bit of background music with little Brooks. This is story number 43. It says, only 14. Missionary Christine Tinling once visited a leper colony in Fuxiu, China. Fuxiao. 
where she heard of an old man who had shown up one day asking for a room, wished to die. He wore only a bit of burlap tied by a few strings. He had no relatives, but the Christians took him in and loved him like their own. One day, the Chinese pastor visited the old man and began sharing the gospel. But when the pastor asked him if he wanted to become a Christian, he said, No, Jesus gave himself to me, but I have nothing to give him in return for a gift like that. But he wants no gift except yourself, said the pastor. It took a while for the old man to comprehend this. Yourself, you're the gift. He kept asking, how could he possibly want an ill-smelling, rotten old leopard like me? But finally, one day he believed and accepted Jesus as Savior. The man quickly learned to love the Word of God, and he began sharing Christ with fellow lepers going from room to room, until the disease caught his, caused his feet to drop off and his eyes to fall out. As he lay dying, his one regret was that he had done so little for the Lord. He had learned the gospel too late. When he was hardly able to move about, looking up at his pastor, he asked this question. When I reach Father's house, will Jesus blame me for not getting any more? Or will he remember I was just a rotten old leopard? Then he added, I only got 14. <laughs> On the resurrection day, said Christine Tinling in recounting the story, from a grave outside Fushu will rise this child of God, who in the days of his flesh was a leopard and an outcast. He will have his own place in the blessed company of whom it is written, They will be mine in that day when I make up my jewels. Beautiful, beautiful story. How many are you going to get? How many are you going to get? I hope we all get our 14. Oh, Lord, help us to get 14. Help us to be good at getting our 14. Our next story is called Smoking the Bible, story 44. Jacob Koshi grew up in Singapore with one driving ambition to be a success in life, to gain all the money and possession he could. As a young man, he discovered crime and the underworld as his fast track to success. Soon he was deeply involved in the world of drugs and gambling, and eventually he became a one-man international smuggling network. In 1980, he was caught arrested and placed in a government drug rehab prison in Singapore. It was more than he could bear. All his goals, purposes, dreams, and ambitions were locked up with him in a tiny cell, and his heart was full of cold, sturdle emptiness that frightened him. Jacob was a smoker, and cigarettes weren't allowed in the center, so he smuggled in tobacco and rolled it in the pages of the Gideon Bible while he tore out one at a time as he needed. 
One day he fell asleep while smoking. He woke to find that the cigarette had burned out and all the remains was a, a scrap of sharp paper. He unrolled it and read and and read what was written. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Jacob became so curious about that quote that he asked for another Bible and read the entire story of the conversation of Saul of Tarsus. He suddenly realized that if God could help someone like Saul, God could help him too. There in his cell, he knelt and prayed, asking Christ to come into his life and change him. He began crying and couldn't stop. The tears of a wasted life washed away his pain and God redeemed him. As Jacob started sharing his story with the other prisoners, he found them attentive. As soon as he was released, he became involved in a church. He met a Christian woman, married, and became a missionary in the Far East, where he tells people far and wide, who would have believed that I could find the truth by smoking the Word of God? (laughs) Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, these stories are so nice. I'm going to go look for another one. Yaza. I love this stuff, don't you? Our next story is called Failure. Peter Marshall, revered chaplain of the United States Senate, once quipped or said, It is better to fail in a cause that will ultimately succeed than to succeed in a cause that will ultimately fail. John F. Kennedy gave us a good illustration of that in his award-winning Profiles in Courage. Kennedy told of George W. Norris of Nebraska, who began his career as a country teacher on the plains of Nebraska. Then he became a small-town lawyer, a local prosecuting attorney, and then a judge. In 1903, he entered the House of Representatives, and he was later elected to the Senate. Kennedy describes him as a chunky figure clothed in drab black suits, white shirts, and little shoestring ties. Norris was an independent-thinking Republican who sometimes took up unpopular causes and fought uphill battles, saying, I would rather go down to my political grave with a clear conscience and ride in the chariot of victory. Interestingly, he lost many of his most anguishing political fights. But years later, looking back over his life and career, Norris made this observation to a friend. It happened very often that one tries to do something and fails. He feels discouraged, and yet he may discover years afterwards that the very effort he made was the reason why somebody else took it up and succeeded. I really believe that whatever use I have been to progressive civilization has been accomplished in the things I failed to do rather than in the things I actually did. The Scottish author Samuel Smiles put it this way, It is a mistake to suppose that men succeed through success. They much more often succeed through failures.
precepts, study, advice, and example could never have taught them so well as failure has done. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful quote. And I'm going to put that in my, I have a Enthusiasm Makes the Difference podcast. Because I fail a lot, folks. I hope some of you pick them up and perfect them. I really don't care. I just speak my mind and put it out there. If you love it, you love it. If you don't, next. Or, God bless you. But, whatever you do, try something. Okay, our next book is called Values from the Heartland. Chicken Soup for the Soul comes a beautiful collection of heartwarming short stories. All right. This is going to be a longer story, apparently. That was supposed to be my last story over there. Let me see, let me see. There's about 27 stories in here. I'm gonna try and go with the uh, the last story, okay? I know you love stories, and we're hitting, we're batting a thousand right now. You know what? I'm not going to change books. These stories seem pretty long. I'm going to go back to uh, Robert Morgan's group, more stories. These are short and sweet and right to the point. Okay, here's one called Singing to Yourself, story number 54. In her Dear Abby newspaper column, Abigail Van Burn once shared a letter from R.T. Holland of Los Angeles who told of an article from the medical section of Time magazine. The magazine cited a man who went to a psychiatrist complaining that he was always hearing radio broadcasts. Thinking to humor him, the psychiatrist asked what he was hearing right then. The man replied that he was hearing Rudy Valley broadcasting from the steel pier in Atlantic City. After much questioning, he discovered that the man worked in a glass bottle factory and had gotten some silica crystals in dental activities. The combination of the silica, saliva, and some bridge work in his mouth had literally transforming him into a walking crystal radio receiver. The psychiatrist referred the patient to a dentist who gave his teeth a thorough cleaning, filled the cavities, and fixed the bridge work. As a result, the patient went off the air, was able to concentrate, and live happily ever after. The Bible says that those who are filled with the Spirit are tuned into the heavenly frequency and carry a song around with them everywhere they go, speaking to themselves in songs, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music to the Lord in their hearts. 
As someone put it, the Christian life is simply God's life vibrating through us. And as a side note, I heard another say that the Christ within us is a transformation of our souls and spirits inside of us and lit up. We're transformed. We're vibrating. Okay, the story goes on to say, I awakened yesterday morning, Edith Schaefer once wrote in Christianity Today, with music and words surging through my head. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. It was as if a full orchestra and choir were in my room, yet no sound could be heard by anyone else. What a fantastic detail of God's creation. People can sing out loud and can sing within. We don't need to waken the whole household by bursting forth in song. We can rejoice in song in our heads at night or start the day or the year that way. Another Christian lived in a land where God's music was not allowed to be played. Every morning he took out his score on Handel's Messiah and placed it on the dining room table. Then on the table, his fingers silently and diligently played through the entire score. He was making music that only God could hear. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipating, but be filled with the Spirit speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Ephesians 5, 18-19. And that, my friend, is what how we do it. Have a great existence. Let's pray. Who makes us sing? Who helps us to sing? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from sorrow. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Welcome to today's sermon, our mass service for the end of October. Let us worship the Lord with a little hallelujahs. Benny Hinn, thank God for YouTube. I used to run to these seminars, Sacramento, Oakland, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Anaheim. I just get a high with the most high. I thank you for coming to this mass service. We're going to take communion. So please get your elements ready. Let us acknowledge our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for us, paid the ultimate price of his body to restore us and get us hooked up back with the Father through the Son. 
We're, we're made brand new. We're put back in right standing with the Father. We are in it to win it. Let our hearts rejoice who search for the Lord. We seek the Lord and his strength. We seek always his face forevermore. Psalm 104, 3 to 4. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord for a minute. Some of you go ahead and go get your bread and your juice. If you're not an alcoholic, you can take a little bit of wine. Relax, take a deep breath. Just relax. Relax is acceptance. Exhale, loud, exhale, long, excuse me, exhale, long. Hallelujah. the King of Kings, the Son of the living God, has restored us, made us brand new, effectively did what man could not do. We know the truth. The truth is in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We say yes to the Lord, yes to his plan of salvation, yes to the cross, a man nailed to the cross, Bleeding, whipped, humiliated, sentenced to death by an evil nation. He took this for us. He took this to take away our sins, to take away our disease, to take away our poverty, loneliness, all gone. Thank you, Jesus. Holy. Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Holy, holy, we praise you, Lord. We worship you. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Worship the Lord with me, people. Raise your hands in adoration. If God has ever done something good for you, anything, just raise your hand. He's forgiven us of all our iniquities. The Lord has healed all our diseases. The Lord has redeemed us from hell, from destruction. Hallelujah. The Lord, he has crowned us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord feeds us with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. 
The Lord makes us brand new, sanctified, holy, and acceptable. Welcome to today's Mass service. Let us go ahead and open with the Lord's Prayer, and then we will do communion and effectively hit the kingdom of God and get answers for us today, get provisions, get satisfaction in life. Our thirst will be quenched. Jesus will give us the living water, and we will be good to go. We will satisfy the Father's requirements. We acknowledge the Son as our Lord and Savior. We're made new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. Who woke us up this morning? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Okay, one more time. Come on now. Let's sit up and let's lock and load. Release your faith, folks. Relax and release your faith. Okay? Ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks be to God who always causes us to prosper in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's go ahead and get our bread ready. The sanctification of this bread. Thank you, Jesus Christ, that you are the bread of life that has come down from heaven. Our Father has sent his Son as the bread of life. Jesus, you said, do this in remembrance of me. So we're doing it, Jesus. We're lifting up the bread to you to heaven, and we declare with one voice the body of Christ. This is the body of Jesus Christ. Let us go ahead and partake of the body of Christ into our systems and chew the body of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for Holy Communion. Lord, we just remember all those that are in the hospital, anyone that's sick, 
We take communion for them, Lord. Restorative powers, Jesus Christ. Restore the souls. Restore the youthfulness, Lord. Restore, Lord. Make them brand new. Lord, we ask you to heal all who are listening and all our family members that are sick, Lord. We, On their behalf, we take communion, Lord, that you may heal them and restore them, Lord. Fix them up, Jesus, that it will never be a problem again. Hold them in your arms and fix them, Jesus. Go over there and lay your hands on them, Jesus, and fix them up as never before, Lord. Thank you for your living water, Jesus Christ, that you cleanse those souls and make them brand new. Let's go ahead and partake of the wine. Jesus took the cup and he said, This is my blood for the ratification of the covenant to establish a new covenant with you. At the great exchange, Jesus takes my sins, my sickness and disease in exchange for his righteousness, his sanctification, his wisdom, and his redemption. Lord, what a, I give you all my life. I, I give you my life completely, Lord. Spirit, soul, and body, Lord, for your use. Thank you for taking away the despair, the loneliness, the poverty, the, the stupidity, the ignorance, Lord. Thank you for taking away my sin, my drinking, Lord, my carousing and arrogance, Lord. Thank you for taking away my pride. Thank you, Jesus, for making me a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. We are brand new through the blood of the Lamb. Let's go ahead and partake of the blood, the cup, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Christ. Holy, 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 holy are you, Lord, sanctified and holy. Amen. A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 22, verses 20 to 26. Thus says the Lord, you shall not molest or oppress an alien, for you were once aliens yourself in the land of Egypt. You should not wrong any widow or orphan. If ever you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear they cry. My wrath will flare up and I will kill you with the sword. Then your own wives will be widows and your children orphans. Wow. If you lend money to one of your poor neighbors among my people, you should not act like an extortioner toward him by demanding interest from him. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, you shall return it to him before sunset. For this cloak of his is the only covering he has for his body. What else has he to sleep in? If he cries out to me, I will hear him, for I am compassionate, saith the Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I love you, Lord. The Lord is our strength. Psalms 18, 2, 3. There's a song. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice to worship you. 
O my strength, O my Lord, rejoice. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. O Lord, my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock of refuge, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Praise be the Lord, I exclaim, and I am saved from my enemies. The Lord lives, and blessed be my rock. Extol the God of my Savior, you who gave great victories to your king and show kindness to your anointings. Amen. The song goes like this. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be saved. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The Lord liveth and blessed be my rock and blessed be the rock of my salvation. The Lord liveth and blessed be the rock and blessed be the rock of my salvation. One more time. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and blessed be my rock of my salvation. Amen. A second reading from 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. From St. Paul, a letter to the Thessalonians. Brothers and sisters, you know what sort of people you were among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord, receiving the word in great affliction with joy from the Holy Spirit, so that you became a model for all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and in Achaia, but in every place your faith in God has gone forth, so that we have no need to say anything. For they themselves openly declare about us what sort of reception we had among you, and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to await his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who deliver us from the coming wrath. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy, holy, holy. John fourteen twenty three. Whoever loves me will keep my word, says the Lord, and my Father will love him and will come unto him. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. Say, the Lord be with you and also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel. Glory to you, Lord. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment is the law of the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and the first commandment. 
The second is like, like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and prophets depend on these two commandments. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. And Psalm 19, 6 says, We rejoice at the victory of God and make our boast in his great name. And remember, Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a fragrant offering to God, Ephesians 5, 2. So Christ is within us. So as we get on our knees and we say the Our Father, we open ourselves to the love of God. Now God has equipped us to love him back. We are a fragrant Christ living in us, offering ourselves to God in worship and praise and service. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Our mass service has ended. Go in peace. You have satisfied the requirements of the Father God in heaven. Honestly and in impurity, may God sanctify you wholly acceptable unto God. Go in joy. Our mass service has ended. October 31st, Limitless Love, a continual feast. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 and 13. To walk in love, we have to maintain a strong spirit. We must continually nourish our hearts with the word of God. Just as we depleted our natural strength when we exerted ourselves physically and have to eat natural food, when we exert ourselves spiritually by walking in love, and it does take the real spiritual exerted to do it, we deplete our spiritual strength, so we must continually replenish it by feeding on the Word. One way we do that, of course, is by spending time alone reading the Bible. We can have to wait. We don't have to wait for someone else to feed us. We can get into God's Word for ourselves. But it's also important for us to go somewhere where we can hear someone specially called and gifted by God to teach and preach the word. When we receive the word, that way there is an extra anointing and impartation of it. That anointing will cut through some of the mixed up thinking we may not have previously been aware of. It will straighten out and renew our minds. The anointing God has given to that minister will add something to us that we just can't get on our own. I know that from personal experience. That's why I do so many church services and believers conventions. That's why I have stacks of CDs and DVDs in every room in the house. Sometimes I listen to messages that are 20 years old. I may have read, heard them many times before, but when I hear them again, the anointing is still on them to strengthen and build me up spiritually. Some people don't understand that. They think you just listen to ministers preach the word so you can get new information. 
But actually, you listen to them to get revelation. You might think you know all there is to know about love, for instance, but when you hear someone preach about it under the anointing, more revelation on it will come. You'll get more light and insight about it, and you'll work out out that meeting or away from that CD or DVD more empowered and equipped to walk in love than you ever been before. In Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing and by hearing the word of God. To find some good anointed preaching and keep your spirit strong with a continual feast in the word. Beautiful, beautiful reading. Our next reading is from Faith to Faith. October 31st by Gloria Copeland. Don't play dead. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. Matthew eleven twelve. The Amplified Bible translates Matthew eleven twelve: a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Again, Matthew eleven twelve: from the days of John the Baptist until now. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. In other words, the kingdom of God, we seek it with intense exertion. Huh. I want you to get violent today. Yes, violent. Yes, determined. Yes, salius. I want you to get up. Get so committed to the things of God that you'll withstand any attempt to take them away from you. Too many believers these days are like the Israelites. They're wandering around in a wilderness or defeat because they're an enemy in the promised land. They've been robbed of their rightful inheritance because they're afraid to fight him. They keep hoping that someone, somehow they'll find a way in without using force. But they won't. You have to make demands where Satan and his associates are concerned. When God sent the Israelites into Canaan, he said, Send the armed men to go before you. They were to go up armed, ready for the fight. He knew they had to fight to take the land. He never promised them that they wouldn't. What he promised them was they'll win every time. The same is true for us. We can't just lie down and play dead when we're dealing with the devil. He's not going to let us get any area of our lives, our health, our finance, or anything back without a fight. He's not going to give up unless we force him. We quit sitting there in the wilderness. We quit sitting there while the devil steals the blessings of God from under us. We have God's permission and his power and his ability to take the land the violent enough we get to do something about it today. Join forces with me and say, The devil is defeated by the blood of the Lamb. I am strong. The devil is defeated by the blood of the Lamb. I am rich. The devil is defeated by the blood of the Lamb. 
I am enjoying the word of God. Faithful and greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I am a world overcomer because I am born of God. Amen. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. For the Lord has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am good. I am fine. I am well in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's thought for the day from Fernando. <laughs> You're probably uh, wondering what am I going to say today? Am I going to say something originally or I'm going to read somebody's written stuff? Well, I'm going to read. You're right. I'm going to read an excerpt from God Calling, A.J. Russell. You know, the history, for those of you who don't know it, around 1932, there was uh, a lot of poverty in England. And there was two widows who fasted and prayed and asked Jesus to come and give them a message. So Jesus told them, I'll be ready with pen and pencil, pen and paper. And they started getting these, downloading all this incredible information from heaven. That they didn't have any uh, clerical teaching in a university and they didn't, they wanted to stay anonymous, so they took it to this guy, A.J. Russell, and he says plainly in the beginning, he says, I did not write this book. I wish that I had done so. Had I written it, I should have been immeasurably proud. Too proud for spiritual health. Get that? Too proud for spiritual health. My simple task had been to prepare it for publication and to present it to the public. But that has not really been a task, only a privilege and undeserved honor. There is a legend that the praise for building the Cathedral of St. Sophia was not given to the Emperor Constantine, but to Euphrasia, a poor widow who drew from her mattress a wisp of straw and gave it to the oxen that drew the marble from the ships. That was all she did, nothing more. Not one woman, but two have written this book, and they seek no praise. They have elected to remain anonymous and to be called two listeners. Two listeners. But the claim which they make is an astonishing one, that their message has been given to them today here in England by the living Christ himself. Having read their book, I believe them. A.J. Russell goes on to say, I do not, of course, believe that he whispers to them all that he intends to say to this generation, but I am confident that he opened their eyes to many things which they and this generation, generation greatly need to know. I do not believe in the verbal inspiration of this or any book. I do not believe in the verbal inspiration of this or any book, but I do believe that these two women have been led 
and that much of what is written is very dear is very clear leading indeed i have found these messages a spiritual stimulus but that statement is an inadequate as to say that i like england none could have written this book unless he or she was a christian and in touch with the living founder of christianity again folks listen up says none could have written this book unless he or she was a christian and in touch with the living founder of christianity we hear much of the decline of the drama think of this piece of real drama of our own times again as so often before he was in the world and the world knew him not two poor brave women were courageously fighting against sickness and penury or poverty they were facing a hopeless future and one of them even longed to be quit of this hard world for good and then he spoke and spoke again day after day he came and cheers them and though they still have their sorrows they have joy and a new courage for he inspires them with his promises for their future when his loving purpose shall be revealed and he gently rallies them on their unbelief as he did their forborn predecessors during the walk of emos open this book at any page and taste his beauty dwell lovingly on his tender phrases let its wonderful qualities sink down into your spirit have you lost your faith meditate on any one of these tiny sections and it will come again to you as that of a little child you may not see him standing by your side with his ready smile of confident encouragement but you will know that he is there as he always is and that he still expects great things of you and is ever ready to help you to achieve them if winter comes are you afraid of poverty turn again to these pages and you will find the law of supply give and it shall be given to you give your love your time your sympathy yourself give all that you have under his direct guidance to all who are needy give both to the deserving and un- the undeserving has help gone are you no better though you have prayed long and often here again you will find the instance of healing and you will understand why he will not remove the gold from the crucible until all the dross has gone and you are taking the glorious shape of your true self which his eyes alone has foreseen You cannot eat honey all day nor can you read this book through at a one sitting but you can read it every day and several times a day. It can be turned to in the heart in the heat of a sudden crisis and when you put it down you will find yourself calm and at peace within. You can open its pages when the birds are singing in the sunshine and as you read the songs of the birds will be echoed in your spirit. for you too will be caroling your love to our creator redeemer put this book of daily power in your pocket in your handbag or on the table of your bedside give a copy of it to your friends inhale this spirit continually and live your life in its intimacy with the master
Through this message which came to two lonely women, you will find that you are no longer one and alone, but two and united with the great companion and guide, who is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This was compiled by A.J. Russell. And the reading for today is, Thy word is a lamp unto thy, my feet and a light unto my path, Psalm 119.105. And Jesus goes on to say, Yes, yes, my word, the scriptures, read them, study them, store them in your heart. Use them as you use a lamp to guide your footsteps. But remember, my children, my word is more even than that. It is the voice that speaks to your heart, that inner consciousness that tells of me. It is the voice that speaks to you intimately, personally, in this sacred evening time. It is even more than that. It is I, your Lord and friend. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Truly a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Period. The end. God bless you. by A.J. Russell. No Burden Irks, October the 20th. Our Lord, our Lord, our God, be it done unto us according to thy word. Our Lord and our God, be it done unto us according to thy word. The Lord Jesus is talking. Simple acceptance of my will is the key to divine revelation. It will result in both holiness and happiness. The way to the cross may be a way of sorrow, but at its foot, the burdens of sin and earth desire are rolled away. The yoke of my acceptance of my Father's will in all things is adjusted to my servant's shoulders, and from that moment, no burden irks or oppresses. But not only in the great decision of life, accept and welcome my will. Try to see in each interruption, each task, however small, the same fulfillment of divine intent. Acceptance. Say your thanks for it. Do so until this becomes a habit and the resultant joy will be transfigured and transform your life. Let's, let's back up a little bit see if I can understand this. The yoke of my acceptance of my Father's will in all things is a justice to my servant's shoulders. And from that moment, no burden irks or presses. But not only in the great decisions of life, accept and welcome my will, try to see each interruption, each task, however small, the same fulfillment of divine intent. Accept it. Say your thanks for it. Do so until this becomes a habit, and the resulting joy will transfigure and transform your life. Uh, I haven't read this book for a while, but that's exactly what I've been talking about. Is uh, I have a problem. I accept the problem. I thank God now 
the acceptance part is the tough one. Let's say, for instance, you inherited an unruly child, 11, 12 years old, nowhere to go, a menace to society. Okay, so you accept, okay, Lord, I accept this child. Most of the problems come in our lifetime is when we we don't really make a commitment. We don't really accept. We don't really uh, throw in the towel or accept it. Acceptance for me is everything. I need to accept the fact that that God says we're healed. Okay, that's a big accept. I need to so to accept the part that the problem of not healed is, is on me is valid. I can get angry, mad, but and then say for instance the acceptance, uh, the healing doesn't come. But uh. uh but I just keep praising and thanking him that I am healed. What happens? Well, I believe that we, we get to a point where like gold is made. When gold is put under a lot of pressure. When gold is steamed and you have uh, minerals and the right conditions, it'll, it'll, the, the water will turn the, the things into gold. And once it becomes gold, it won't bother us anymore. I'll have that joy and that laughter in my transformed life. And once that happens, either God will remove it, replace it, or, but the reward will come or, or bust through it, something. I hope I'm getting, making this clear to you that, uh, we have higher ways, but they're not the world's ways. There are, this thing is ex- explaining exactly what I read on First Chronicles, uh, chapter one, verses twenty-two to to thirty-one, where it talks about that it, it, to to people foolishness is the cross, uh, to the uh, smart, um, the the uh, the dumb people were saved. The, the poor was saved, and he did all this to confound the wise, to confound the uh, the religious people. He got us, he opened our eyes easily, and we gave him all the credit, all the glory, and all the honor. So Jesus is saying for us to accept the problems in the same way. Now, one of you need to fix it. I'm going to give you a couple of more illustrations real quick, like, and I already gone through these illustrations real fast, okay? Uh, I lost my sunglasses in Hawaii. I'm glad I took uh, a not an expensive pair, but, uh, you know, over-the-counter pair. And I started thanking and praising God. That I, and then when I would need it, I would say, thank you, God, that I don't have my sunglasses. When I needed my reading glasses, they also were for reading. I thank God that I didn't have the reading glasses. So I just kept thanking him. Then I would forget, I would start thanking him again. The point I'm making is when I finally accepted the thing. See, it takes a lot of, of thanking God to accept the problem. Maybe that's the problem. We need to uh, praise the Lord for the problem and accept it before God can do anything with it. If not, we're still hanging on to it. We haven't, we haven't processed it, though. 
Well, we say it's not my problem. Well, apparently it is. Worried about a child, worried about a parent, worried about your finances, apparently it is. Worried about your death, you know. Start thanking God for small things. You'll be able to thank Him for the big things and accept big things. I know people all through their lives, they go not accepting anything, not accepting. And we, we, we might have to go back and accept old things that we didn't accept. That's the reason we're in this mess. You know what I mean? If I didn't accept uh, that the girlfriend left me in high school, didn't want anything with, it, with that, and I kept hoping that someday we're going to get back, and, and it's 30 years later, 40 years later, uh, you know, if I go back, I thank God for the situation, I praise Him, I accept it, I can go back in time, and then I'm released to live life fully today. You think this is far-fetched? I accepted that I stole something. I thank God I stole it. How can I make amends? How can I make it right? I thank God I accepted that I stole something from the store. You know, the... So that's the way it works. If we can go back and find out what's what's got the brake on on our motor. <laughs> anyway, I love you. God bless you. Hope you enjoyed this session. Welcome to today's podcast. I'll be reading Tearing Life into Two Pieces by Anna Montes de Oca. I'm joking. Okay. You go back to your room, babe. I'm doing work here. Te vienes a ponerte. Record here, down there, baby. You're addicted. Well, the reason I want to record here is because I'm comfortable. Sometimes that Okay, chair... I understand. Okay, um, I'm reading October 28th, uh, Streams in the Desert. It says, uh, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2, 4 and 6. A very, very powerful... Uh, can you elaborate on what uh, Johnson said about uh, that we are what with Christ? We're illuminated with Christ or the transfigur- yeah, transfiguration? Yeah, we're, our, we're, our mind is supposed to have that kind of illumination. You know, when he was transfigured, transfigured on the mountain, it says that his, his clothes you know, were bright, almost like lightning. So we're supposed to have that same presence that we carry inside of us, and, you know, as we as we renew our mind constantly, we have this electricity type lightning. Beautiful, 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 beautiful light. All right, uh, Amen. Okay, continue. Thank you very much. Appreciate that, Hannah. I'm reading a story about Hannah Widow Smith. She says, according to this verse, she says, "This is our rightful place." seated with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Yet seated, seated and still, seated and still, 
calm. But how few of us exactly experience this? In fact, most of us believe it is impossible to sit still in the heavenly realms while living our everyday life in a world so full of turmoil. Oh, we believe it may be possible to visit these heavenly realms on Sundays or now and then during times of great spiritual emphasis and praise, but to actually be seated there all day, every day, is a completely different matter. Yet it is clear from the scriptures that it is meant not only for Sundays, but for weekdays as well. A quiet spirit is a priceless value when performing our outward activities. Nothing so greatly hinders the work of God's unseen spiritual forces upon which our success in everything truly depends as the spirit of unrest and anxiety. There is a tremendous power in stillness. A great believer once said, All all things come to him who knows how to trust and to be silent. All things come to him who knows how to trust and be silent. This fact is rich with meaning, and a true understanding of it would greatly change our way of, of working. Instead of continuing our restless striving, we would sit down inwardly before the Lord, allowing the divine forces of His Spirit to silently work out the means to accomplish our goals and aspirations. You may not see or feel the inner workings of His silent power, but rest assured, it is always mightily at work, and it will work for you if you will only quiet your spirit enough to be carried along by the current of its power. Wow. Hannah Widow Smith. And the uh, poem says, There is a point of rest and the great center of the cyclone's force, a silence at its secret source, a little child might slumber undisturbed without the ruffle of one curl. In that strange central calm and the mighty world, make it your business to learn to be peaceful and safe in God's through every situation. Amen and amen. Good reading. Our second book for today is Treasure's Wisdom. This is, uh, this is what Anna contributed to this uh, marriage. She brought these two books, and I love them. Love them. They're very uh, out of the park, like the one we just read. Our next reading for, uh, we're actually reading October 28th, which is uh, Anna's birthday. And here we have uh, Natural Holiness by Joy Dawson's. And she takes the scripture of First Peter one twenty two, seeing you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Jesus is in the house of a Pharisee having a meal, and an ex prostitute hears what he's saying, and he's there. She seized the opportunity of getting close to him, away from the inedible crowd that are always following him. She crashes apart and immediately proceeds to open up a baluster flask of ointment. And then she demonstrates burst into tears which splash over his feet. 
Undoubted by the cold, critical stares of the Pharisees' hosts, she uses her long hair to mop up the tear stains and unshamedly kisses his feet and then anoints them with this ointment. She lavishly expresses the devotion and gratitude of her heart to the only one who has ever shown her such love, such forgiveness, such mercy, such recognition, such respect, and who has given her such peace of mind. Does all this display of affection face Jesus? Is he embarrassed? No, he's actually relaxed with calm authority. He rebukes the religious host and praises the repentant woman from the streets. None of this would really surprise us when we understand that one of the purposes of Jesus Christ leaving heaven and coming to this earth was to show us how to live. For that reason, we can see he was demonstrating through the relationship with this woman that true holiness and nat- naturalness go hand in hand. <clears throat> true holiness and natural actions go hand in hand. In fact, only really holy people are free to be really natural. They have nothing to hide. That is no need to act. There is nothing to cover up. In Jesus' name, I hope you enjoyed your readings. Have a good day.